That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, Halflings. How are you? I hope you're well. It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I'm joined today by... Jeremy Cobb, but Boss Gentinar calls me Jimothy. I hope I <laughs> said your name correctly. Yeah, Jimothy. Jimothy. Present. Uh, uh, <laughs> present. That is... I hope I said your name correctly, Boz or Bass. I, I, I apologize, uh, but uh, thank you for the nickname. <laughs> uh, as you may have noticed, uh, we are Yunati uh, short today. Uh, she is having a very, very well-deserved break. She's had a very busy time. Uh, and so it is me and Jeremy here. But do not worry, as there is another Black Halfling in the room with us today. We are so excited to introduce our guest for today. She is a TTRPG extraordinaire, uh, streamer, podcaster, actor, co-host of the horror movie Survival Guide, and and our Black History podcast, uh, and of course, the Mrs. Claus to Jeremy Cobb's Mr. Claus, mm-hmm. Terry Gamble is here. Thank you for joining Yay. us, Terry. Oh my God, this is literally a dream come true. I am in love Yay. with all of you. So happy to be here. Just like y'all are just so fun, smart, cool. I just, I don't even know how I got invited to the Cool Kids Club, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh my God. This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woo! <laughs> this makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. Yeah! We're about to get into something real big now. Like, I, I like even through uh, like people's ears, they heard me blushing. Then, like fully, <laughs> uh, I remain unable to blush. But uh, yes. if I was able to blush, they might have been able to hear me as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Terry, you are like our first ever like at like proper black halfling. Like you're a, you're, you, we are three black yeah, halflings right now. You're a black right halfling. You're, the you're a black halfling. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, how does that feel? <laughs> this is, I don't even, like, I'm just telling you, I did, like I said, it really is a dream come true. It feels great. It feels good. I'm, you know, happy to be a part of this whole fam. And, oh, my God, what a time. What a time. You're in the fam now. Uh, obviously, we uh, had the delight of meeting Terry during a, um, a For the Queen game that we did on uh, Roll20, over on Roll20. Uh, but it was a Santa Claus version. And it for was... For the Claws. Uh, for the Claws, yeah. It was the most delightful chaos I think I've ever been a part of. It, it was, was truly wild. Hot, hot, <laughs> beautiful mess. It was super wild. I had no idea what to expect. And then it really, I, you know, this Christmas was kind of strange going into the holidays mm. with like mm. lockdown holiday. It was very weird. But to have that be kind of the kickoff, it put me in the Christmas spirit and like oh, in yeah. the mood to actually celebrate a little bit and 
pull out the decorations and get dressed up. I was ready after that game. Oh my goodness. It was, it was, yeah, it was absolutely wild. So yeah, if you haven't checked that out, definitely do. Yeah. I think it's still available on, on uh, YouTube. Roll20. Uh, yeah, and on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, if you go to Roll20 YouTube, it's, it's a real hoot and a half. It, it really is. It really is. Um, but we are so happy that you've joined us today, Terry. Uh, we always like to start by asking our guests a little bit about origin stories. Um, just like how you got into TTRPGs and podcasting. Uh, obviously, you're an actor, as a lot of us tend to be. But yeah, where did it like begin for you, I guess? Oh, my gosh. I got into role play gaming um, as like almost like a midlife crisis, almost, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, at almost like 35 years old, one of my dear friends, um, David Crennan, who's an amazing um, GM. His handle is kind of like America's G- DM. Um, he actually runs a company called Dungeon in a Box that makes like gaming modules and is has blown up over the last couple of years actually especially mm, nice. during this crazy time when people need uh, great ideas and inspiration for their home games he's got yep. the perfect setup it's basically kind of like similar to loot crate but you get like a module every month and minis and all kinds of stuff but oh, he was my cool. yeah he was my first dm um he was was dating one of my really great friends, actually my other podcast co-host uh, Julia for Horror Movie Survival ah, Guide, yeah. um, and we um, he got me into playing because I asked. I was like, "Hey, I've never played." It's like one of those things as a kid. Like it was you know, my family's very religious. Listen to you, Jeremy, talk about like not knowing like secular music. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like checks yeah. out. Remember that? <laughs> um, you know, like got to just only listen to mostly Jesus music, and um, <laughs> which is also crazy. Um, Every move but, I make, I'm making you. Was that was that yeah, part of your like, era? You want to hook up with Jesus? You know, music like that's what I thought. Like, <laughs> that, like you know, those, those songs are like, are we dating? Are Jesus yeah, and I dating? There, I literally just had a conversation <laughs> about this recently. There's a song. I don't know if you've heard this one, Terry, but there's a song where the chorus is. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against <laughs> you and breathe, feel your heartbeat. <laughs> this love oh is so words. deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. That is the most... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you... It's like slow was... jam lyrics. They was, are. Was, was one of those lines, your love is so deep? Yes, it oh, was. Sweet Lord. <laughs> Exactly. Sweet Lord Jesus. Exactly. We're dating. Yeah. Wow. We are Very dating. sweet, so, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> dating? So, yes. He needs to be he needs to be putting a ring on my finger oh, for yeah. that. Yeah. Like, no, we are though, because the church is the bride of Christ. So exactly. it all checks out. It all, it all checks, checks out. out it's, this is all foreplay, so, baby, for the eventual exactly. marriage supper of the lamb consummation. <laughs> So yeah, so growing up with that, like I was like not encouraged to play D and D. It was like of mm. the devil. So like, and yeah. I got older. I was like, wait, like I don't believe that. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh yeah. Us. So yeah. So as an adult, yes, yeah. Yeah, you embraced you embraced the uh, the chaos of of TTRPGs. That's awesome. Yeah, and so and I played with my with David and then like Amy Vorpal, who's like an amazing player. Oh, yeah. she was in my first table. Like she was part of the. Oh wow! Like I didn't no know way. who I was playing with. Do you know what I mean? Though, like mm. I was at this table with like literally some of like icons of role play gaming, and I had yeah. no idea. I was just like, these are the people I get to hang out with. These are my friends' friends. 
And that's who I played my Whoa. first D and D campaign with. I am like a with. huge fan of Amy Vorpal. Uh, she, uh, I was, I love Dungeon Run, and uh, the DM had to step away for a little bit because he was getting an operation. And uh, Amy came in and did like this Feywild setting with them, and it was so good. Like my first introduction to the Feywild, I was like, damn, she's amazing. This is she's cool. she's so smart and so talented, and I honestly did not know what I had, and um, I've just been. I feel like ever so lucky since like just to be keep you know, keep playing with like the most amazing players. So and then to move on and like be like Abria runs games for me for two and a half years. You know what I mean? They're like playing mm. like uh, with her. Uh, and so it's I've, I don't know. I don't know how you how you, I just got lucky. Yeah. I swear. I swear. That's what it was. <laughs> it's just like meeting the right people at the right time. This is like my mom years ago uh, was in Cincinnati, I'm from Cincinnati. She was, I think she, one of her students, because she used to teach uh, school, uh, took her to like the Bengal Stadium. And she was in this picture with some guy. And she showed the picture to my dad. And my dad was like, do you know who this is? And she was like, ah, it's some footballer. And it's Dan Marino standing there with like this big grin on his face and his arm around my mom. Just like, cause you can tell he knows that she has no idea. Who she is. <laughs> like not a he clue. <laughs> he's standing here. Oh. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Just like, ha ha. That's, that's fully you in, in TTRPGs. You're just hopping in there. Like, yeah. You're just some friends. Okay. friends. I'm just playing. Yeah. Around. Well, it's got a table because... of Dan Marino's. <laughs> Well, it's also because like I was hanging out with some actor people too, because they were there was some D and D movie. I don't even I can't even tell you the name now, but there were some people who had done done a movie, and they had all played like a D and D theme, and that's what it was like. It was because of the acting connection too. That's how we ended up mm. all hanging out together. And then I also ended up playing with um with uh oh why am I blanking your last name Wes? Um, he runs uh twelve sided stories, and so that's also an actual play podcast. And we played a bunch of Call of Cthulhu and um, Wes Otis, and so um and he's an amazing. He's been li- literally like he's one of those people who's been like DMing for like almost forty years or something crazy. You know what I mean? Though it has like yeah, so it's like a lifetime of of D and D behind him, and these are and 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 Call of Cthulhu and all these other games. And so I literally learned from like people who have just brought me in and who are mm. masters of the craft so I, I have such huge respect for people who have played D for that long because i got really interested because someone mentioned it offhand like about how clunky like uh, like second edition or whatever it is rules were and i looked it up and was like geez yeah i've just been so lucky though that you and the people who have been around a long time have all really been story driven um artists mm. or story driven game 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 masters and you know um and really have relied more on that. And a lot of the stuff I've gotten to play has mostly been on stream. I don't play as many home games as I would like, um, honestly. And so the fact that we've been so driven by story just to make sure the narrative is strong for audiences. Um, I played on Happy Jacks. I played on Saving Throw. Um, and with you all, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to tell a story and do improv is like my jam. So I also do that as well. So like... When people ask me about it, I'm like, that's kind of my, been my way in is like, oh, it's just storytelling with your friends. And it's like it, a longest improv game for a few hours. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's long form. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's I think that's the way in. It's I think it's a it's a very there's two very like it seems like two very clear ways in of like I was like a core just like fantasy nerd and I just needed to ingest as much of it as possible and then D&D gives them like a way of then like having agency and creating or there is I think absolutely again for me I was definitely a fantasy nerd but for me the creative storytelling as like a group uh like I don't think you can have much more fun with some of your best friends just it's just yeah it feels pure and lovely 
So I was uh, today was listening to uh, the first episode of Our Black History, uh, and I just want to say on at, like at the top, I was like genuinely nearly in tears listening to this. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, like please, please do. The first episode has Terry uh, and uh, and her brother uh, talking to their mum about her experiences of being a black woman and talking about Martin Luther King. And it is, wow, it is seriously powerful, Terry. I was like genuinely moved. And I could tell you guys by the end of the episode, you guys were like, whoa, boy, I need to sit down. Uh, (laughs) We did. We had to debrief that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, it's, I I really can't recommend it highly enough. Um, And I just thought, uh, with you coming on the show and, and listening to that, like it'd be a great, it'd be so great to talk to you about just, I guess the impact of, uh, especially like the last year uh, on TTRPG, like the community, uh, you know, uh, the impact of last year was the reason we started the show and like, just what's it been like, I guess like uh, what, again, there was the inspiration for you creating that show and uh, like, you know, our black history and, and how has the last year molded that? Oh my gosh, so much. Ugh. Um, Sorry, there was like a que- there was like a no, question was, in there I, somewhere. I'm like taking <laughs> notes. Respond to um, which part of whichever part of that. Whichever part you want to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a, that's a lot. There is a lot. It was a lot. It this whole last year, obviously a lifetime. I think it was a culmination of a lifetime of experiences, and I'm sure you guys can relate to that too of just um there's all these ways we've had to preserve ourselves in so many spaces and all of a sudden the weight of that felt like it was lifted for a moment of feeling like oh everyone else is now in on like we've been literally like in a war zone (laughs) this whole time and now everyone sees this war zone the 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 veil has been lifted so to speak um i think the impetus kind of like for you probably too is like i want to take advantage of what I call this opening because whenever there's a great opening and a great awakening, there's often a pushback and there's going to be a backlash and there's going to be a mm. shutdown at some point again of people forgetting. So I just wanted to make sure like during this time while people have their eyes and ears are open to actually like, okay, while you're listening, I want to make sure I can impart something to you in this time yeah, um, and make sure I can share something with you so that you can maybe carry that nugget. Even if it's, it shrinks a little bit, something mm-hmm. maybe will still stay with you to um, keep forwarding the cause, keep forwarding us as humans, as, you know, as humanity. Um, so I actually, in the midst of like all the, the you know, uh, the uprisings of last year, um, post-George Floyd, I wrote like an article that blew up a little bit on Medium as well, too, just about my experiences. Because I grew up in San Diego uh, in a very predominantly white area of the world, um, and so I felt like I had like insider information, <laughs> mm. you know, on how people act or think they're acting when they think someone's not listening, who, you know, is yeah. taking in that information differently and how like we have to operate in a way that we have to be adept in their language, so to speak, um, mm. and our own, um, and navigate the world so we can be safe, you know? And so my article was kind of just about that of like, hey, like you guys have shown yourselves over and over again and you didn't realize it. I'm going to let you know these are the times you might have shown yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and where you might have been in the wrong, where racism is very real. Um, and kind of the book in that was like this, you know, um, 
capital riots <laughs> in America um, and all the stuff that happened at the beginning of the year here. Um, I was talking with my mom on the phone and it was like, you know, right before Martin Luther King weekend and all that stuff too, and his birthday and celebration. And, and she and I were talking, I was like, mom, this conversation is a podcast. I was like, do you want to mm. do it? And she was like, oh, sure. If it'll help people. It's like, okay, of course. <laughs> Being an <laughs> And she like is incredible. Like <laughs> yeah. she brings the A game. She just fully parks you to, you know, uh, you an experienced podcaster. She's like, just stay over there, Terry. Okay. I'm about to drop some truth right now. And it's beautiful. Like it really is a beautiful, like uh, interview. She's so eloquent. And like, there was story arcs in there. I was like getting to the midpoint. I was tearing up. And then she brought it home and maybe feel empowered it was yeah it's brilliant right that's she's always been so talented as as a speaker i think back in the day i remember like she had told confessed to me like many moons ago because we both were obsessed with oprah you know growing up and she was like um i think she wanted to be a journalist like she didn't really talk about that on the show but i remember her talking about that so she's got that like inside that just intuitively knows how to like Mm. bring that kind of stuff home and my brother um Used to be head of the California Psychology Association and is an amazing, talented psychologist in his own right. So that's why I grabbed him. I was like, Dr. Gamble, like you have to join me in this conversation. He's like, all right. He just wanted to be there, too, just to hear whatever she had to say. Um, But it was like the bookend to like, like I said, that conversation of like people thinking it was a far off thing or like racism is over because like, you know, the whole Barack Obama racism is dead. Like, we don't have that anymore. We got a black president. It's like, no, no, no. What happened was (laughs) Barack Obama killed racism. (laughs) (laughs) He just came in there and was like, you're out. See ya. <laughs> the vamp- like he planted the stake of the American flag through the heart of the racism vampire. Racism. <laughs> and it disappeared, never to be seen again. Yeah. Oh my god, I want to see this comic. Oh my gosh. Barack like- Van Helsing or whatever. Barack <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hussein uh. Helsing. Um, uh, like- yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Barack Hel- Barack Helsing Obama. Oh man, it's That's it's great. yeah, it's so. I just that you know people were really really did think that though, like the the mm. you know the 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 illusion yeah. of of that was just so much, and I you know I don't know depending on where you are in the country, I've had the privilege of getting to drive across this great country of ours, across from sea to shining sea. And I've gone over to the pond too, you know, and seen around the world. And no, racism is still pretty alive, no matter where you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, that is very much a still very, very common mentality among a lot of people. Cause last year I had shared like one or two things on Facebook talking about like experiences that I had had as a black person and this other, uh, a white person that I had known from church years ago shared a status that was, I forget what it was. I think it was about that, that thing that got huge on Facebook where this uh, black man had killed a little white boy or white child. And he was like, he was an escaped convict or something, or he had some real issues and had killed this little boy. And all these people were like, why aren't people rioting and looting for this little boy? You know, he was kidding. It was like, what? And so I commented, trying to be like, well, it's because this guy was immediately prosecuted. Everyone knows that this was wrong. Nobody's arguing that the, the child deserved it. This is, these are different circumstances. And this person 
like that's all I said really and this person started messaging me privately being like how dare you start complaining about all this racism stuff all you ever post about is racism but I never see you post about child trafficking and on this whole thing about how America's Whoa. not racist but child trafficking is a much bigger issue and I was like what are you talking she about? She got cute she got cute because that's the QAnon I mean that's the, that's the thing mm. and that's the thing that's the craziest thing about the whole white supremacy movement, especially at this, this this juncture, is to frame white people as victims and to frame uh, this whole child trafficking thing and to like try to reframe it so that they think that what is worse, what's worse than racism, children being abused, right? And yeah, so yeah, 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 it's yeah. like it's kind of that like what aboutism that's yeah. uh, mm. pervasive right now, and that's it's just it's really gross of just like there are a lot of things that are wrong. I'm going to call all of that wrong. I'm not saying yeah. one's worse than the other. I'm going to say that's all bad stuff. It's Can we get bad, rid of yeah. all the bad stuff? Like I'm yes. not even going to fight you on that. Like yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. get rid of all the bad things. Like I'm I'm not even yeah, this it's may, not even this, a this may argument. come as a shock to you. I'm not going to push back on child trafficking. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's not going to be Literally, any That was what I said to her. I was like the reason that I post stuff about racism is not only that it pertains to me to me directly, but also like I've never I I hear a lot of people deny racism. I've never met someone who's like child trafficking, nah, it's fine. If somebody yeah. did argue that child trafficking was okay, I probably would share some stuff. Saying like, well, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. To, I will highlight fight a it. few things. I don't really have to highlight a few things. Yeah. I'll fight it. So yeah. So <laughs> anyway. Just letting you know that it's present and also that all the bad stuff that they read about in their history books or like Martin Luther King was also not that long ago. Like my mom was like, yes, alive during this time. And like Martin Luther King being younger than Betty White, who we like vilify. I'm like, and Frank, same age as Martin Luther King, like also would still be alive right now if their lives weren't cut short by all the bullshit, you know, like I honestly, that was something uh, I felt like over the last year, I've had this like visceral reaction many times. Um, but very much the same as you were, because I grew up in a very white community. There was been, there's a, there's been multiple times, especially over the last year where I've kind of gone like, I've like bumped into like, oh, holy shit, this is a lot closer to me. And I'm now starting to understand why I've always felt so angry about stuff and how my white friends just didn't get why I was angry and to be honest I didn't get it either like because I didn't understand what generational trauma was like I didn't understand that I was dealing with this baggage do you know what I mean like whilst um because I kind of thought like, you know, it was a separation thing and all of my white friends and, and the way I was taught was like, oh, this was all ages ago. And like, again, like listening to your show, I was suddenly and listening to the fact like your mom went to like a Negro school and like, uh, and I, I was honestly just, and, and the story, the story about your dad uh, uh, taking off his uniform when he came home, because otherwise people would throw food at him. I like, even now that chokes me up. That just, it just seems unbelievable to me and i think one of the things that has been so uh like tough and and really and, and so great about the last year um is the fact that it's allowing people to process this kind of old emotion do you know what i mean these these like old buried things that we've i think as as, as like a, as a, a minority and like black people have tried to go like okay 
if you want to ignore it, maybe we can too, and we can all just get the fuck over it. And it'll, do you know what I mean? And I think that we realize now, like, that's just, it's not going to go away. The pain and the anger that we feel is not going to just disappear. You know, we have to process it and you have to process it with us. Do you know what I mean? You have to, like, live in the shame for a minute and stop trying to deny this thing and just realize it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, we yeah. haven't dealt with it. That was that's the thing. And everyone's just like, oh, I think we've dealt with this. Like, no, 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 we actually haven't dealt with this. We're still dealing with like that the the fallout, the aftermath, and mm. you know, the the kids that have been raised by it, the the legislators who are legislating with it still. Yeah. That was the thing that, yeah. that really kind of one of my takeaways from my mom too was just like she's like these are the guys that are ma- in power right now they went to the same schools as me do you know what i mean though it's like these yeah. are the or, the or they were in school the same era that she was like these are the, the same age as like all these you know people in power and that's the what they're swimming in you know even if mm, they don't acknowledge mm. it or are not aware of it like they're in that same water of like oh wait um, I can't see how short-sighted I am with some of these, you know, decisions we're making. Yeah, like I used to think Negro schools and separation and segregation was okay as a child. Like the idea now that you would just be, that like without seriously confronting that, you would be um, removed completely as if by magic from that point of view or from that idealism is, is wild. It's completely and utterly... Untrue. It wouldn't. Ha- it's not possible. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you have to. If you've been trained in that way, you have to untrain it somehow, and you have to actively do it. You can't just passively yes. let go of something like that. That's the thing. And I, I think for a lot of people, and uh, this is why I'm always very like kind of you know uh, willing to talk to people about it because I think for a lot of uh, white people there is like a real sense of shame, which I don't think they necessarily want to come up against because they go, "Oh, that wasn't me." So like, I don't know. I don't want to feel bad for something that i didn't do and like i get that from like a survival point of view but i think from a, like a trying to help your fellow man kind of thing it's something you just got to deal with you know you've just got to deal with it <laughs> it's like i always say you can't sit in the pot for 20 plus years and not come out tasting like soup 100 <laughs> so, percent, so yes like that's exactly it. Like we're all swimming in it. Like I even joke about that, not joke, but like I'm like I'm just as racist sometimes. Like I grew up in like the like backwoods, mm. basically, so to speak, of San Diego. Like there was, you know, it's it's its own brand of of craziness. Um, Tom Metzger, who was one of the grand dragons of the KKK, was like 20 minutes from where I grew up. Whoa. Um, yeah, that's my lifetime. This is in the 80s. Like this is when I'm a kid hanging out. That that like we didn't go in out to San Fall Diego Brooks. of all places. Yeah, so it's one of California's got more hate groups than a lot of the South, like especially even Orange Mm. County, California is actually worse than a lot of areas of the South as far as um, per capita uh, white nationalist and hate groups. Um, My brother lived in Orange County for like 20 years and people would leave like banana peels on his front porch just for fun. Um, So it's not like I I said people think it's far away. That's why I was like, okay, I have my mom. This is who the stories. My grandfather um worked a cotton gin and like lived in texas you know what i mean though like these are the stories i grew up hearing from him of like having a mm. ride of horse places and like what that was like um in that part of texas it's it's anyway it all still lives with me like you said that generational thing mm. and realizing mm. like i didn't i was like hated that trope of you know the angry black woman i was like i guess i am like i really am angry yeah <laughs> yeah it's okay and being yeah. and trying to fight that so much is like there's a reason that's a stereotype and there is a reason i'm angry though like let's like acknowledge that like yes yeah 100 percent. 
Uh, absolutely. And uh, and one of the things um, that I found particularly interesting, actually, uh, and I, I, one of the reasons why I kind of, uh, I, I love the fact we found such an audience in America. I, I part of it is I think that, that uh, in America, there is a, like a conversation happening. Like it is tough having this conversation in the UK. Like I had, <laughs> I, I honestly, like I, um, I had the, it was a couple weeks after the murder of George Floyd. And I was kind of, I was like, do you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to be quiet anymore. I'm not going to just like let stuff slide. And so if I see something or whatever, I'm going to engage with it, even if it's tough or whatever it is. Uh, it was like definitely the wrong move for me in terms of my emotional state. But like, I feel like I managed to tell some family members that they needed to not do that and say that stuff. And I remember pushing back. Uh, my grandma had posted this like thing about uh, Winston Churchill and how disgusting it was that people had defaced the statue. And I didn't post like, hey, uh, we, you know, uh, uh, it's fine to vandalize stuff. Like, that's not what I said. I said like, we should probably acknowledge the fact that Winston Churchill was a, was he committed genocide on multiple occasions. Uh, you know, really, really quite racist. And a lot of the legacy that we're dealing with in the UK is a direct response to what he imposed post-war. Mm-hmm. And like my family just went like in on me and it was horrendous. It was like a real moment of like, oh, I don't know where I come from anymore. You know what I mean? Like it was a real moment of like, of, of feeling pretty lost and hurt and like upset and it was a it was a tough uh it was a tough thing and i suddenly went man we just can't have this conversation in the uk like mm-hmm. we we it, we're really really convinced that we don't have racism over here like really convinced and i think it's because it's not as stark you know what i mean like uh, we don't see black people getting shot because you know, our policemen don't carry guns. guns. Yeah. But that's what I mean. But that's the only, re- honestly, that's the only reason I was literally saying to someone, the only difference between here and America is the fact that they have guns in America. Like if you look at the, the you know, imprisonment, uh, you know, uh, the sort of per capita imprisonment rates, it's just as bad, if not worse for people of color, you know, uh, it, this, it, it, so it's, it's, it's just like a harder conversation to have. Yeah, it's like, different. It's different. Well, it's, there's like the classism and caste system, and there's a whole whole other mm, layer. I feel like as well too within yeah, the UK. Absolutely. That absolutely. Also, I mean, also here too, uh, but it needs to be addressed in that way um, mm. as well. And I think there's just some a weird sense of gratitude. I think UK people, y'all got over there. This like this. Uh, like, I know we yell USA a lot over here, which is just silly, but like, y'all have a very different sense of like gratitude yo, the, to the crown. That is like a yo, whole nother thing of like hmm. loving that imperialism and that colonialism. My, my like new thing is I'm like, never say colonialism around me in a positive way, or you are going to get some clap back. I am done <laughs> with us saying the word colonialism like it's something to be friggin' proud of. We done fucked up half the world. With just yeah. being terrible people, terrible, awful people, which has built the wealth of this nation. Stop being proud of it and let's start fixing it. Like, honestly, I could. Anyway, this is not a, a show about. <laughs> I, say, I got show. two stories lined up. I can yeah. jump in with them. <laughs> oh my God, I want to hear. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we need, yeah, fine, I'll drop them. Uh, the first one was it, them. during the Black Lives Matter protests. I was going, I was protesting in, I uh, not in central London, but in Sidcup, because it was like a bunch of people from my drama school wanted to do that because they were like, look, the in central London, it's a lot more diverse. Out here in Sidcup, it's mostly white people and people, yep. they, they don't get that here. 
they wouldn't understand it. So let's protest here so that people can see like, oh, no, there are black people here. And, you know, we want to address these issues that exist here as well. And one of the I mean, there were a lot of people who gave very positive responses. But one of the biggest negative responses that we got was like, this isn't America. Why are you doing that here? Like you should be over in America. What are you two? Like they were, they were offended that like we were, that we were saying that it was an issue here. Cause they're like, that's an American problem. It's not a British problem. Uh, so there's a, there's a, and I think throughout much of Europe, that's not just, not just the UK, which technically isn't Europe anymore, but you know, the, throughout the European continent as well. I think there's a feeling among a lot of people that it just flat out doesn't exist. Uh, and then the second story is another, it's a situation where I was in, I was doing like a workshop with a, a group of, it was a group of people that I'd worked with before and they were all white. And there was like a friend of this company who had a, uh, an immersive theater company that they were working with. And they had like, they made this really cool promotional video talking about how, uh, site-specific immersive theater is a can offer a better audience experience and you know why because now you're involved in the story and you get to help create the story yourself and you know all these different things and it was it, you know made some strong points and the the show that they were putting on at the time was a it, it was a show where the premise was that the nazis had won world war ii and had occupied britain and you were part of the resistance uh, like part of the british resistance against the nazi occupation and i was like okay that sounds like a cool premise for a play but here's the issue if i go to this play am i playing a white person because really if we're going to follow through on this I would not be part of any resistance because <laughs> Frank, I would have either been taken away or the resistance would be like, we'll keep you in hiding because yes. I would be the first person that people would point at. Also, what about anybody who with a physical disability, like any kind of visible disability yeah. going to this show? Are they just playing a person who isn't disabled? Because we all know what the Nazis did to disabled people. Uh, or like a gay person, or a Jewish person. Jewish person, like, yeah. There's a that long my, list of people yeah, yeah. who can't really be themselves in this scenario, and for whom it's probably going to be a lot less immersive. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save 
on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And I and that was what More I said. Well, that's enjoyable. And like, yeah, you know what I mean? Everybody if you are a Jewish in the room, person, I just don't know how much I'd, you know. Every single yeah. one of these white people in this room went from being like, this is so cool to be like, well, okay, you know, let's, let's, Let's pump our brakes here. Like, it's just a glorified escape room, really. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's not what this guy was just saying. This dude is making out to be like this, one of the most fulfilling theatrical experiences you could have. And they're all like, giving, they're all like well, you know, like it's, and it was really interesting to see because they, in their own minds, could not understand where the issue there was. Like, they didn't, I think what it comes down to is for, for a lot of white people, uh, the idea of racist just basically means bad. It doesn't necessarily refer to a set of ideologies. It, I mean, maybe it does specifically, but connotatively, it means bad. And so if you or someone you like has some area of racism or even racial insensitivity or ignorance, that doesn't just mean that they oh have a blind spot. It means that they are bad. And mm. so the knee-jerk reaction is to be like, no, 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 no. I'm not bad. My friend isn't bad. How, you can't say that my friend is bad. And it, that even re, uh, results in moving the goalposts like they were being <laughs> trying to suddenly downplay the entire point of this like 20-minute video this person had made. And <laughs> it's like, wow. okay. But it, I think that that's one thing that really, that's one of the big blocks, I think, for people being able to move forward in the conversation is the idea of racist just meaning bad person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's not a complex discussion. It's yeah, a... it's a more nuanced concept. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, that's also like one of the things that, as far as all the stuff I've tried to approach too, it's really perspective. It's always just like, hey, I have a way I know of stepping outside of myself to look from another perspective because I've had to constantly my whole life, right? Just mm. for safety, you think, you know, when you're in a space, you assess it. What would they think of this? I need to like you know, adjust myself accordingly so that I, they feel safe in this space. Like white people historically have not had to really do that. They're like right. to that type of degree yes. and actually have to think about that from like, oh, if someone else were to walk in here, this is what they might experience. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think that, oh yeah, if I'm not white, this experience is very different in this quote unquote <laughs> glorified escape room. Like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I did not, yeah. did not, oops. You know, just, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> and there is this like mm-hmm. scrambling reaction to stuff like that where it does just become like a deer on ice. You're just like, slow down, slow down. It's okay. On. Like, I'm not po- like, I'm not like pointing the racism gun at you right now. Like it's, it's chill. Just, it's fine. Take a breath. 
You know, you can't, you get your feet underneath you. Let's just talk about this. Maybe we need to adjust this play slightly so there's not such a problematic subject matter. Maybe, like, or just write that... something in, like, oh, you know, anybody yeah, exactly. who, who would fit into one of those categories. The idea is that the resistance has gathered these people together and put them in a safe house, and they're still able to actively help as like the the administration side. Like, they help to make the big group decisions, yeah. even though they're not out yeah. in the field doing stuff. You write it in. Yeah. But like there was no, there was nothing like that indicated in the video. So right. you and need then, to at least and be it just aware seems, of it. Though. It just seems so wild then that that instead of finding a solution, it becomes a scramble to justify previous, <laughs> exactly. the, the, the previously what's been said. And I think, but I think you know this, and this applies to broader things. And actually, a lot of the discussions we have on this show about TTRPGs and the community that we kind of all are a part of, there is a. There is this uh, opinion uh, of like we can't just rewrite D and D, even though it's all made up, because we will upset the people that don't want it rewritten. Kind of, do you know? What yeah. I mean? Like it's 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 it. I would it's like we would rather scramble around and work really, really, really hard to kind of retroactively justify something rather than just change it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's a re- it's like a reverence thing. And I, it just reminds me of like certain like church organizations, too. That's what just popped in my head, too, of like trying to retrofit stuff being like, no, no, no. What had happened was is like we have a whole new way of looking at it and what it is, you know, and trying to justify like bad mm. ideas. Um, mm. We can love these old things, but we can we can update stuff. I think it's OK. Like it, yeah. like you said, it is all made up, like even people's resistance to like um, having, you know, stuff that's like with disability, you know, know as as part of you know culture you know like i was like i guess yeah people do resist that that one doesn't make any sense yeah that's why you would resist that in a fantasy game like so hello i it's yeah it's 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 yeah it's wild to me um it's like it's like i don't know if you've seen this news but Zack snyder is apparently doing a real he's he's playing on doing a, a, a a um a realistic or a um a truthful telling of king arthur's story and i was like so just like no Excalibur and Round Table and Knights, because he was just like a regular king, probably of Wales. That sounds okay. so boring. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds great, Zach. The whole like, point is the fantasy stuff. <laughs> That's what I mean. So it's like, so no Merlin? Yeah. Okay. Or is Merlin just like a druid now? Yeah. Just like a dude, like a herb. Like he's just, it's just they, like they a They did make that movie, King kid. Arthur. That was like that yeah. exact premise. Where yeah, he's like, but- was it? He's the, a Samite soldier left over from like the Romans or something, the Roman occupation. That was yeah. But I was just sort of, and, and like that's I feel like the way that some people approach TTRPGs. It's just like they have this like warped vision that now like dragons are officially like a thing that actually happened, and we have to be truthful to them, more truthful to them than we do to actual real life cultures. Do you know what I mean? Like people would more vehemently protect dragons in this game than like Asian culture in this game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like the erasure of Asian culture in this game. Like it's that is just like. It's me and Jeremy have discussed this many times. You are arguing from a different set of facts at that point, yeah. like because it's like it, it's so hard to have the conversation that you are just not. We're not. We're not reading from the same book, let alone the same page. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Not at all. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, Terry. Have yes. you have you in any of your games ever encountered any? Uh, not necessarily. The, I mean, maybe the public ones, but just in general, in any games, have you ever run into situations where you've had to like there? You've run into people with those blind spots that have manifested in the game, and you've had to maybe like adjust or 
I guess, navigate those situations? Thank goodness, no. <laughs> Actually, I've had like a pretty pretty great solid group of people I've I've gamed with um over these years. And no, I haven't really had to come up across that. I've had my own questions. I remember I think like dipping in when I was first getting into like role play gaming. I was like, what's this whole race thing? Like, what is that? Like what what does that mean? And why why is this language not great? I was like, when you're wondering why not more black people are playing this right now, I was like, this might be why. Like some of the <laughs> <laughs> some of the ways you get into it and some of the tropes and some of the way the characters are. I just played big orcs for like a long time anyway and just was like, whatever, I'm just gonna come here and Hulk smash. That's like all I wanted <laughs> to do when I started playing. Yeah. Um now I like to be be a little more nuanced with like the types of characters and things I, that I pick and, and stuff I'm working through, I guess. So I feel like we're all working stuff out, right? Like, yeah, is that yeah, like yeah, kind of yeah. like, like what the, we do it for? Like, this is just therapy. Like, this whole show is just therapy. So. Therapy with <laughs> dice. That's literally. How I feel. So, yeah, I feel like I've been, like I said, lucky for that. And a lot of the gaming systems, like the reasons we've chosen stuff or try to retrofit things to fit, have kind of been for those reasons too, like everything from playing like Fate to Call of Cthulhu to like Kids on Bikes or whatever, Tales from the Loop, all these different fun, different things. Um, thank goodness have not, we've not encountered like a lot of problematic stuff uh, mm -hmm. at the table. Um, and if we were, I'd, I would say something, you know, but I haven't had to luckily. Yeah. I, I think we, I think we are very fortunate in that, like, you know, if we mix with uh, a lot of people, a lot of, I feel like a lot of people in the, in, in our industry generally tends to be quite sort of open-minded and it, at least even if they have problematic views, you fit, you'd feel comfortable sort of being able to say, Hey, like, that's like, that's not cool. Um, you know, and there, obviously there are examples of it, but I, I always feel like, you know, we've heard stories from like, our, like through our like discord and through people just reaching out and talking to us about, you know, the experiences they've had. And it's like, it can be, um, I think when we talk about those like blind spots, like it's so D and D can feel so personal. Like it's literally, like you said, it's like therapy. And like, I can't imagine being in a scenario where the therapist turns around and says something like kind of openly racist to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I feel like the equivalent is. And like, I just think that's, that's really like, that's a dangerous situation sort of thing to put yourself in mentally. I think. And that, and again, that's why I link a lot of uh, people of color people with disabilities or whatever just don't feel like they can engage in this community do you know what i mean because i feel like if you were to get invested and then have it kind of ripped away from you do you know what i mean in that way I, like i don't know how you would like i don't know how i would process that right. do you know what i mean like um i'm kind of getting to a point where i'm like okay i'm starting to understand it but like you know it was tough for me when we found out lord of the rings was racist i was like ah <laughs> shit like do you know what i mean like that's a yeah. real cornerstone of, of of stuff for me you know that's a real cornerstone of of a lot of my experiences and a lot I of love the things my tour of the imagined. Shire, you guys, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Uh, and so like, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, and until I think until we really find a way to make that, to make this, the, the space safe so that it's, I've, and I've said this before, but the onus is not on the DM or the players to avoid the racist plot holes of the game. You know what I mean? Like that, like we, we should, the road should be smoother, not the car, like the right. person driving should be a better driver, yeah. you know? And I feel like that's kind of the issue that we're coming up against now. And then until that's sorted, I don't know if we're ever going to get the kind of numbers of, of, of people that we want to, you know what I mean? We're never going to get like a more even split of people who are engaging in this community. Mm. Um, but you know, we'll 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 keep trying. I think it'll happen. <laughs> we'll keep it away. We gotta have yeah. you know. We'll have like if we have like some more superstars, you know, like coming up in the ranks mm. too. I don't know. Yeah. I get some visibility on on the hobby, and we gotta get Michael just, B. Jordan in on this game. 
That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Honestly, we've got we've got like this. Uh, you know, like genuinely. Sorry, this is so this is so sidetrack. Uh, Michael B. Jordan said that he is. Uh, for, this is for a charity thing. He's genuinely doing this. He's opening an OnlyFans account for his mustache. <laughs> I'm gonna I have to like, get on that. I would. I would like, get on it. The thing is, he has a sexy mustache. Like he has, like, and it's just gonna be pictures of his face, like, and just posing, and you know, I guess just with his mustache, like. <laughs> and all the proceeds go to charity. That's amazing. But I was, I was just like, hey man, you know what it sells? Like Michael B. Jordan genuinely is the sexiest man alive, and I won't hear otherwise. Like he, I, I can't. I'm not gonna fight I, he, you. Yeah, yeah. I, he blows my mind. Like I, I look. I'm like, wow. Look, look at this. He is. I got to go to a screening of Black Panther that he was at the Q and A through SAG when I like through the SAG Foundation when that was happening and just like like the dream. I was in the second row, y'all. It was like him, Lupita. Like I was just like, I mean, like so close. He was so close. It was he's gorgeous. And yes, we have this dream. We have this basically have this dream of getting uh, like uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, uh, John Boyega, Lupita Nyong'o, like all playing a game with three black halflings. Like that's like the that's like end goals. Honestly, I feel like like they'd be down. I know. I feel like Lupita would be super down. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could definitely get Lupita. She would would be in Wagadu in a heartbeat. 100%. Oh, that'd be the best. Like, like genuinely though, like yeah. we we need to have you in Wagadu because, like, yeah. if it's if it's anything like uh, for the claws, uh, we, we better strap in. We better strap in. Your your character in in for the claws. I was honest. There was like at points where I was like, I know I need to like draw my card or talk right now, but I can't because you were just fully reclining in your seat with this martini glass, and I just could not handle it. Like, Blitz I could not handle amazing. it. And then I was like, Blitz and Bait is a reindeer. Like the whole time I was like, okay, translate what you're seeing to a reindeer. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just so good. That's, that's so like good. the joy of, of RPGs of like getting like a couple of suggestions, you know, for a thing and then just like mm-hmm. letting your imagination go. And that's just the golden, golden moment of like, okay, this is the premise. These are like the couple of different things we've got. Like I just did a session zero yesterday for a game that we're going to be doing in March. And I'm so excited. And it's just like the joy of like, I am not, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be uh, role playing with some uh, fabulous folks. I'll tell you about it soon. Um, It'll be, yeah. yeah. Um, But we just, um, you know, we're playing like an Agatha Christie inspired, like, kind of like oh, lies lies it. and alibis uh but it's just funny cool. you go in there and it's, it's a game where you just like you get a few different suggestions to help build your character which so is just i love it i love a can i get a suggestion mm. please yes we're gonna play this yeah. improv game that's how it felt and it was really fun so i can't wait to unveil those soon um we touched on we touched on this a couple times, uh, kind of already, um, and it was something that we'd spoken briefly about when we were talking about this episode, which was um, which was self care. And I think having discussed some of the things we have about people being in those situations, uh, I think especially when um, because I think that a lot of people come to this community looking for um, like a safe space. You know what I mean? And and uh, it's not always the safest of spaces for a myriad of reasons. Um, social media being like a big part of that um you know so i think it would be cool to and i wanted to throw over to you terry just to, how do you look after yourself because it can be like you know with everything you're engaging in um you know i could see i could hear it in your voice when you were talking uh, to your mom on on the show about how 
like how much you have to combat you know what i mean like how how do you take care of yourself in those moments how do you keep yourself that's a really good question um i'm just thinking about that social media thing and i've heard onadi talk about a lot about like just get off like take a break and i'm like yeah, yes yeah 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 take yeah, a break yeah, when yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to and and some of the other stuff you're talking about a lot of things can be mitigated by just not interacting and engaging with certain parts of the conversation so using that block button and when you need it and you know filtering your your feed when you need it um taking a moment i think saying no was like the big lesson i guess of like 2020 as well yeah. because all of a sudden i feel like i don't know about you but all of a sudden i got calls from people and like requests to be on things and i was like i had to kind of look to myself and look within myself and figure out what was the purpose for what I was doing it? Is this something that's part of my grander mission that I so in my, for me, myself in my life? Is this the grander mission that I want to like help support? Will this help push the agenda forward? And sometimes you just have to choose, is it something I want to do? Cause it's fun. Um, and <laughs> looking at all of those things and I think making choices from that um, can be empowering and leads to less wear and tear if you're doing something that you feel like you shouldn't be doing or don't feel like it's worth it see if there's a way to get out of it (laughs) yeah 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 because expending energy right on those things where you just go like i fully had that that was like my new year's resolution was to say like to say yes to less things because i was suddenly like yo i literally work monday to friday and then saturdays i like edit and i do all this other stuff and then like i get this like one day where i'm not doing anything and i was just like oh and i was like okay this is too much. This is too much. I have to stop saying yes to stuff. I have to just be like, you know, and I think that's, a, it, you know, it's a tough, that's yeah. a tough place to be, especially if, if your friends are involved and your colleagues are involved and it can be very hard to sort of say, like, I, yeah, like I, I genuinely would enjoy that. But like right now I need to just take a minute. I need to go and sit, have a whiskey in a dark room and, you know, like yeah. <laughs> just yeah. do something and listen, listen to some, uh, listen to some jazz. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there was a point last year where I, th- I was DMing, I think three separate campaigns weekly mm, plus playing no. in another like three or four every Jeez. week. And then a friend invited me to be in another game. And initially I was like, yeah. And then I looked at the schedule and I was like, I don't want to do no. this. I can't, I can't no it's not gonna be it's fun not, for me if yeah, i do this, this is not good we need this needs and to as, stop and the thing is this, there's this like allusion to from like 2020 of like well everyone's just at home so like you know like you have all this time yeah. and i was like no as my roommates always joke they're like you're still the busiest girl even in quarantine like you were busy before and it's just like almost got worse because this this yeah. perception that we were all just chilling and i was like no i'm still not chilling i still have a lot of things that are on my plate that i am really committed to and so for me, it was just figuring out what was most important to me as far as those commitments and pushing through to those. Um, and also saying no and taking those breaks when you need it. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. Know if, I don't know if you get this. I don't know if you get this, Terry. I feel like I, I quite often I'm so I've got so many plates spinning that I feel guilty then taking time off. Like And, and like if anyone is listening and is in that scenario ask for help like just say if if there is anyone else involved in any of those things that you're doing just be like hey yo i'm struggling with this thing and just because like that let like that burnout is like not fun like when you get to that point where you're like you finally get a day off where you're kind of like i could kind i could get away with not doing anything today like just take it like just go and do something so unrelated to anything that you do. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if you feel like that. I, I get that all the time. A hundred percent. And just, or just being honest. I think that's also part of it is like, I know like mm. 
Uh, I feel like I've grown up with the passive aggressive Olympics, you know, in our household. I'm just like, ah, it's fine. Ah, suffering inside. Like, it's fine. <laughs> oh, God. Everybody just has internal screams. Yes. All the time. Yeah. They yes. got these big grins and inside is. Yeah. Like, I can do it. I'm fine. I can I can absolutely do it. I'm so strong. And it's like, no, like, that's that's the one thing I feel like my mom, I, I didn't learn that from her i learned to try to grin and bear get through i was like mom i'm just learning to like say no now and like that's okay and i don't feel guilty about it if i'm not able to like be at everything and also just communicating with your friends and family if that if that does happen um asking for help like you said i think is so great and just being like hey like if something can be late and if you need if you need it to be like forgiving yeah. yourself for that like it's cool it's really we make up the deadlines like I always joke and joke and say it's all made up like literally what we're doing right now this is made up how you're getting paid yeah. for that job like you made up yeah. that that's what you deserve and that's like what's going to happen for this job right now like it's yeah <laughs> so little need for this level of struggle. like we made a decision recently to stop streaming the Wagadu uh our Wagadu sessions we, we don't do them live yeah, so anymore smart you gotta pre-tape is, it yeah yeah which was like we were like oh but it's so it's such a shame we like having people there but like ev- literally every single time we did these streams i would be so stressed out that i would be in the middle of the stream trying to like w- like literally run it and was like trying to juggle things i wasn't focusing on what was happening i didn't like you know and it was just we sat there afterwards and was just like why are we doing this like jeremy (laughs) got to a point where he was just like trying to like write characters in and out within like a maybe a two-hour session because we Uh, we was like well we got the guests for this specific day they can't do any other days we just gotta get it out let's do it (laughs) yeah yeah it's hard to be present when you're pushing through like that so like finding what Mm. actually is going to work for you um i think is super important um, and I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to like playing uh, D&D or anything like that, I, te- I tend to find myself uh, thinking uh, like I want to be able to enjoy this. You know what I mean? And like quite often if I'm DMing, I'm like, I don't want to arrive without like the notes. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to arrive without having done the work. And like there's times where I'm like, guys, look, I'm just this is I can't de- like, I don't want to DM right now because so much time and effort and emotion has got into this. Like, I don't want to then ruin it by mm. giving you guys something substandard kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, just throw in something in there that's just not what we're used to, you know? Yeah. You have more more control. And honestly, it's you do it and you adjust and the audience will, will roll with you. Like, that's the, like they're so mm. forgiving. Like, I feel like I, I stressed about that once too, but like, oh my God, it has to be out at this time, this day, like this thing has got to be yeah. done this way. And like, and then I look and I'm like, who's downloading at that time? And if you look at metrics or whatever, yeah. like literally it's for two people. Like they, and, yeah. and those are like, <laughs> this is, those two this people is are so my parents. It. Like they don't we're not care. Friggin', <laughs> we're not friggin' Netflix. Do you know what I mean? We don't have to look at like when we're dropping an episode because it's going to be the difference between millions of views. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely absolutely and like all of like i, I was like oh you know and we did the announcement and like just like no one said anything though it's like oh, yeah, that's pretty cool <laughs> that made like, me yeah, really yeah. laugh because the announcement like, it, itself it was felt like, like such a big the announcement was so apologetic like it was really funny because when we made the decision we were all like cool and then when you made yeah. the announcement i was like oh man he must have taken this hard because the announcement was like so <laughs> sad it's like we've taken the difficult decision to no longer <laughs> and everybody was like yeah cool all right sounds good i'm i'm finding out live that that was jeremy's opinion of the uh, <laughs> of, of that post. Yeah, i've never mentioned it look, before look, I, read, I remember we, reading the post and be like wow 
Wow, okay. We I didn't realize this, this was such a blow. It was so agonizing <laughs> for him because he felt the weight. That's the thing. That's the thing yes. of like, and that, I think that's the part of the self-care mo- thing of, of like, no one cares about your stuff as much as you do. Like that's yeah. like hands down. Like I think I remembering that. I die for the show. <laughs> yeah, because we laugh, it's so but that's important a scary to you. Right <laughs> <laughs> we, we laugh, but that's, we need to talk about this later. <laughs> we, need, we need to have a, a conversation, bro. This is not self-care. This Three is not black self-care. interventions. We yeah, to- we're, <laughs> we're stepping in. Oh my gosh. No, but that's the thing is like, we think it's so important and we get so caught up in our own little like worlds. And we do think that things are that important. And they're not in the grand scheme of like, it's like, will someone, I always just ask myself too. It's like, will someone die if this is not done? Will someone, you know, like, is someone, is this messing with someone's livelihood? Is this messing with someone? You know what I mean? And any of those things, like if someone's still able to eat, someone's still able to like, you know, live their life with or without this, like, it's not as important as we think it is. Terry, I really wanted to ask, jumping back to the subject of D and D, um, how, do when you create your characters and uh do you dm at all i have dm'd like twice in my life okay i would like uh, well to do then, more yeah ooh, talk to me yes okay uh, you should come and guest dm you should come and yeah, DM. yeah we've never show. had a guest dm oh, God, before what did I say? What did I it do? can be for one of the one shots if you okay. want to yeah, do yeah, like yeah. a little fun one shot yeah, uh, that would be really cool. Um, That's confirmed now, Terry. Yeah, Sorry. yes. Uh, hashtag confirmed. Uh, Terry, new oh, DM. New did God, I, just, new I was going to say no to things, so I just said yes to that. Okay, fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, you couldn't resist this face. Uh, so the the when you create characters, is the I guess is your status as a racial minority yourself ever like a part of your thought process when creating those characters? To explain what I'm saying is, uh, as I've said before, a pivotal moment for my D&D experience was when Lou Wilson on one of the um, adventuring party uh, uh, videos from Dimension 20 mentioned that all of his characters are black. And I was like, you're right you can consider your characters black. And so that I create my next character, I'm like, he's going to be black. Uh, Is that ever a consideration for you uh, in terms of how you approach your characters, creating characters, or even interacting with other races within game? Because as we've uh, acknowledged earlier in this conversation, some of those, (laughs) there's racism built into the world of D&D. Yes, and yes. Uh, I do consider race and I do think about that when I'm building my characters. Um, I tend to just make them all kinds of different other colors though. Like I'm just like, okay, I'm playing a green character. I'm playing purple. Like, I don't know, but I do like to think about it in the scope of the game. Cause I feel like everyone else's default for the most part, I play with a lot of not black people. I play with a lot of white people, a lot of, you know, cause it's just, you know, our hobby seems to be full. Um, and I always, I always do try to make my character of color just because it's easier for me to think about it from that perspective, I think. Every now and again, I'll play, I've played a handful of white characters or what would we call historically white characters, but I'm like, we're all like not real. Like, it's like I'm playing an elf, you know what I mean? They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Um, but I try to consciously, my characters that I think I play on stream, I do try to make sure that they are of color just because I want that out there in the world and I want more and I want people to see that. Um, 
as far as like helping build my stories? Is that you're wondering about how they influence that, how that influenced the stories I make or the character arcs I think about or. Yeah. Or even just the characterization, different aspects, like uh, there's any number of ways that it could manifest. Uh, like I guess an example, um, the, uh, in, in my character, Dennis, uh, Cole spring, who was like the, he's the black halfling, uh, after which the show is sort of tangentially named. He, 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 uh, comes from a, a tribe of monks called the Wu-Tang clan. Uh, and they're all, and all of them are named after like their fantasy versions of famous black music artists like Dennis Cole spring is I think the real name Dennis Cole of the Ghostwise Killer, Uh, and then like, it was, yeah. And his girlfriend, well, his, his wannabe girlfriend is named Bill Bonse. Uh, <laughs> and she's currently dating uh blue Jay Z. And my, yeah. I have a, an owl pet named Snoop. Um, now that's obviously like a very blatant. I'm gonna make everything <laughs> yeah, real black. But I love that. No, I don't always. I don't always go from from that extreme. Um, but I do try to have stuff that is derivative or like sometimes that is like teaching moments. I think that comes just from my family too. They're mm, all teachers. Teachable moments. Teachable moments of, of of pieces of culture um, that people may or may not know about. Um, but I could I. I love everything. All kinds of of pop culture references is like my jam anyway. Clearly, as you as you might have noticed playing the game with me um, when we played for the claws, <laughs> I pull a lot of stuff from whatever's happening um, in in life and in culture. Uh, yeah, um, I love that. I love Easter eggs in a game like that where maybe not everybody gets it, but I know like if you're a black audience watching that, you may get a couple little things here and there. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I can honestly say as a DM, there was nothing more rewarding than like, I did like a lot of research on that era of music and then was just trying to put in as many references to it as possible when we finally visited the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, like down, like, like the names of everyone and like the, the, the main enemy they come up against is, is a giant called the Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. Like, you know, there was it was quite, yeah, that was quite fun. Brilliant. And, and I, again, exactly the same as you. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if we get a bit too precious with D&D, like it's just like slightly less fun. It just kind of becomes like a, a sim game. You know what I mean? Like a, like a almost like Skyrim. And I'm like, we, we could do we can have we could have more fun, you know, with it than like a core. Like this is a world that is fantasy with magic. Do you know what I mean? We can we can it, it can be more fun. You know what I mean? Uh, you can incorporate any elements that you like and you enjoy um for sure uh well this this leads us on like really really well to something we always get our guests to do and i'm excited for this uh we always do a thing called the tale from the table uh this is basically where we ask our guest for a absolutely ridiculous chaotic moment that just sticks out in their mind uh, terry is there a moment i'm really gonna have to throw it back to salt bay with abria as our intrepid dm um, and we did for our season finale, I think for season two, cause we did about four seasons of that show. We did a musical episode. Um, yeah, that was like our, our audience had, we, uh, that was a stretch goal that we had done, you know, for, our, for the Patreon and for the, for everyone who supports the show. And it was a hot, hot mess. But for me, <laughs> 
because we had one person at the table, Nega Oryx, who did not want to. She's not a singer like at all. <laughs> and so to like have that as our search, like she was terrified. So like, oh, any, no. you know, it was great. Um, So anytime that like we had to like throw it to her, like we teased the audience the whole episode of just like, like we tried to send her a song and it was like, <laughs> oh, uh, no. uh, uh, it's not going to I'm really more of a dancer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like we found they found a mechanic that ended up working out, I think, really well. Like we're like they, they it was like a love letter, basically kind of a thing that happened with another one of the characters. And they ended up kind of singing their words and it just like worked out. But I think um, me having to sing song uh, everything uh, anyway for a whole like few hours yeah that was yeah that was like, whilst streaming oh man you know what just i mean there's no up, safety net there just making like, up stuff it's, it's a hot mess but yeah. also another beautiful singing moment i guess i like to sing on stream i do i don't mind it um was playing um we did a swords fall i got to play that with the bria again as well too over at hyper rpg and to have to um rap yo 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 okay. and okay. like freestyle Ooh, yeah like the, that's confidence the pressure that's... was on <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 the stakes have not... never been higher if that, yeah. if that got thrown over to me you would see me disappear <laughs> from this zoom so damn fast i would be like nope <laughs> and you don't have to like the nice thing about the mechanic of the game is like you can describe how you do it but like we sure. were playing it and like doing one wanting to do like an actual play like really give it a good example for people to, to mm. check out the game too Ooh. so we went for it so like some of it I think was more successful than others, but I like think we did we did all right. But to come in and have to like, because like basically you um got to battle with other like you know masters of of like uh, of oh, rap wow. in like in different styles. So it was fun. Yeah, wow. is that like a DM'd game? Is that like a... it is? It is. Yeah. Who was who was who DM? Uh, was it Abria did, that Yeah. Wow. She grabbed that's, me. She I feel was... like that's mm-hmm. impressive to DM. Like in I like the idea of throwing any more elements in to like at me whilst I'm DMing is terrifying. I'm like, I am just getting through this. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I have just about got enough for dear life. brain capacity. You know what I mean? Like, I introduce four enemies in an encounter and my brain starts leaking out of my ears. I'm like, nah, there's so many moving parts. The idea of having to sing my way through that encounter? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, that is one too many things, my friend. <laughs> I am out. <laughs> I, we love an added element. Like, I think Abria and I both, like, that's why she's like my soul sister. Anything she's doing, I'm sure. If she calls me, I'm just like, yes, tell me whatever it is. Like, I will show up. But like, yeah. like her and I, like queen of like ADHD or whatever, just like, we're just like another element. Let's juggle. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, Let's yeah. do go, it. Go, In go, the go, game. Go, go, go. Okay, go, go, great, go. great, great. We're making this up as we go along. Okay, great. Like the flop <laughs> sweat is real. And like the joy of like, <laughs> did we survive it? And like, people ask me often too about game moments. And honestly, like, I remember kind of like general stuff, but I literally feel like I go into like a weird lucid state. Like I'm yeah. like, you yeah. played a game. I laughed so hard. I cried. I don't know what happened. Like it was great. Like that's like Do you know <laughs> honestly that's my big that's one of my biggest issues as a DM is I get to the end of a session and I'm like what the hell happened? What item did I give them? Where are they going? Oh man. <laughs> this I, is good. <laughs> you see me taking notes even as we're talking here cuz I will like I just want to make sure like even when I my other podcast too, mm. Horror Movie Survival Guide, like we take like pages of notes on the movies and people listen to the show, they probably think we don't do anything. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, sounds yeah. like we haven't prepped, but we literally are doing it from our notes and stuff too. And I take mad notes when I play games as well. Like I'm one of those people. I know there was some 
chatter recently on the Twitterverse about like, ooh, people have to use too many notes to call back. So I take all the notes I need. Yeah. Use them again. Yeah. Terry, this has been oh, this has been so wonderful. I've loved talking to you so much. Um, that was like a genuinely like a really insightful conversation, and just I feel warm and like held having had that conversation. And um, <laughs> I've been uh, gently cradling for those of you who aren't watching. I've been gently cradling Jasper throughout this yeah. entire. And Terry's been then cradling the two of us yeah. to get like yes. together, like uh, you so know. I'm nursing them, been... you guys. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we weren't talking, Wait. that was all the times you heard me just go. Mm. <laughs> like my Terry's sweet babies face, <laughs> Terry's face as soon as she said that just, just you went nope <laughs> like mm, that was probably <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing we're gonna try it for all future guests uh, <laughs> it's gonna get weird when we get Brennan back on yeah but okay. but, you know sometimes <laughs> Like beautiful, listen, beautiful, gotta... beautiful teats. I um, <laughs> it's a real teetsing moment. Right it now. is it's a real teetsing moment. Te- teetsable moments. Yeah. Teetsable moments. Teetsable moments. Oh wow, it's Ooh, so funny. Man. One of the last podcasts I just guessed on with one of my friends was on Shakespeare, and I was about the role of the nurse. And uh, I was, that's a bit on my mind, you know. That's all. That's all. I mean, that's what I'm going to blame it on. I don't, I don't know. I that happening in any of Shakespeare's <laughs> plays. Well, the nurse, that's Romeo and Juliet would have looked very She had as a, a nurse. That's who raised her. The nurse lost her baby before she took care of Juliet. So she mm-hmm, actually is mm-hmm, more like Juliet's right. mom than yes. Juliet's mom in the show. It's all good. I think that's a good place to not talk about this anymore. <laughs> Thank you so much for being the person to just go, yep, do you know what? Hold on. We can just, we can stop there. Like, I normally have to get to this point and I'm so bad at making the segues that I just like shoehorn them in. And then I see Jeremy on the Zoom just like trying to keep it in at how like he's laughing at now how bad the segue I made was. But I just knew we had to get off that subject. Otherwise it was going to go down a really dark like <laughs> down on a dark path. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you just, it's an you just got us off that. Like, was... Jasper is trying desperately <laughs> to write. He's trying to like write the ship. I will usually grab the ship and try and turn it into whatever direction just presented itself as hard yeah. as possible. Oh, yeah. And Unati will yeah. usually just be along for the ride in the back just, ah! Yeah, no hands. Yeah. I love it. I'm here to breathe the chaos this week with you. I love it. I love the chaos and I see it. And I, I, I usually am like the chaos pirate. Like I am ready to like. Yeah, we, we, we definitely uh, got that in for the claws. That was. Uh, <laughs> wow. That was. Dude. It was truly, truly wild. That was. Oh man, go watch it if you haven't. Genuinely, give yourself that gift. Like, just go watch it. It's, it's, I'm pretty it's, proud yeah, of that game. And that was like, you know, 10 a.m. in the morning, I think, here. Like, I was like, I just rolled out of bed and was like, we're going to make something happen today. <laughs> <laughs> just there sipping a martini at 10 a.m. Yeah, in the morning. It was not a real, that's actually like one of the few games that I was not actually drinking any real alcohol. Like, that was like <laughs> completely sober. I, that's why it's such a masterpiece. I was like, wow, I did that full sober uh, without like an actual martini. Just threw a few olives and some seltzer water and called it a day. And woo. Terry. Yes. Most importantly, where can we find all of your stuff? Oh, on on the internet somewhere, you know, you just look it up. Um, at the Terry Gamble. That's all my social medias. I'm Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, most of it's on there. You can find uh 
all the different things I do. I do a lot uh, depending on the week. Um, I have Horror Movie Survival Guide comes out every Monday. That does come out every Monday because we're almost 200 episodes in on that show. Um, we're doing it for a little while. So it's a l- good little backlog for those who've never heard it before. I started up as a producer. Then I started co-hosting around episode 70. So um, yeah, it's just we just talk about scary movies each week. Spoiler heavy. So if it's a movie you want to see, don't listen to it. If it's a movie you want to pretend you've seen, listen to it. Right? Nice. Um, for those who have a whole yeah. conversation about horror movies. But we <laughs> we'll do it another time. You'll have to come on my yeah. show. Next How about that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let's, Let's watch a train. movie and I will totally, I like, I enjoy a good horror I- movie. If I can have an excuse to watch horror movies, I love them. But Jade literally cannot sit through a horror movie. So, like, I never get to watch them unless I'm, like, actually on my own. And then I'm like, but I'm a little bit too much of a chicken to actually watch it on my own. So, like, you know, maybe maybe we can... We can come on and I'll make Jeremy watch it with me. Yeah, I only <laughs> ever watch them by myself because I don't know hard. I know hardly any other people who are willing to watch them. Oh, <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. yeah, I'm willing to watch them just with someone else. That's the only thing because I'm like I will freak myself out otherwise. Oh my gosh, I love like, it. I will that's tell myself. Best. No, I I've love that. Um, no, and that's that's what I love because I was not like a big horror person. That's kind of the premise of the show. Is like my friend Julia and one of her best girlfriends uh, through university watched every single horror movie in the video VHS section, and they took notes wow. and made a notebook. Um, and huh. so, yeah, so it literally has like, we had, there they had a rating system and everything for the movies. So we basically, we kind of like took that notebook and now we've opened up beyond the notebook since I've started co-hosting with her too. Um, and, and building our own, uh, new notebook as well. So yeah, we talked about how to survive the movies and just fun stuff. We have interviews. We just interviewed Patton Oswald, um, was on, uh, recently and we had a really mm, fun time with him. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, and then I also, um, uh, I'm on Salt Bay Adventures. We'll be back soon with Abria DMing. Um, I don't know when, but soon. I'm excited. We have a whole fun Court of Thorns is the new uh, the new uh, campaign name. Uh, it's gonna be. Ooh. I think you guys are gonna like it. It's it's gonna be really fun. Um, I'm excited. As far as like, it's like next level for us. I'm really. Yes. Anyway, I'm stoked. Um, and then uh, on Friday nights for the next few months, um, I'm on a show called Heartbeats where I play a doctor. It's a fully improvised medical drama, kind of like Grey's Anatomy, but it was fully improvised with audience suggestions on Twitch, uh, on Ripley Improv oh, on Friday nights, um, which is just a weird, wild, wonderful thing where I play the doctor, head of cardiothoracic surgery. We're all heart doctors because it's heartbeats. So there's lots of romance and intrigue in the hospital. Uh yeah, and then I'm also part of a sketch comedy group called Diversity Higher Comedy, and we put out sketches uh, when we can. Usually, I think we'll have one-off Wednesdays, we call it. We also have a couple series we've been working on, um, so look at Diversity Higher Comedy. That says in higher up, Diversity Higher, mm. or higher, depending on how you think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 cool. Uh, and I feel like there's stuff I'm missing. Oh, our Black History. We just talked about that um, at the beginning, too. Um, more episodes coming soon. We've been uh, pulling some of those interviews. And like you talk about, sometimes you get to the end of the week and you got to edit. All you got to do is edit or take a day off. Yeah. Sometimes you take a day off. So. Take a day off. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So um, more of that's going to be coming soon. I'm really excited about that. Um, like I said, at the at the Terry Gamble or TerryGamble.com for all the stuff. Amazing. Uh, well, if uh, you listening at home are like us and are now absolutely obsessed with Terry and just her beautiful energy, uh, go and find her everywhere uh, and make sure you follow because, uh, yeah, it's 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 a joy. And so, yeah, thank you so much, Terry, for joining us. Thank you for being an honorary uh, the third uh, Black Halfling uh, in this episode. It's been so much fun to talk to you and I cannot wait for you to join us in 
Mulgadu is going to be a blast because that's going to happen. Hell that's, yes. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm bringing everybody with me. I'm like one degree from Lupisa. I had a friend who did a show with her. I'm like, I feel like if we like put mm. in some calls, right? We all, we all got a mm. friend, right? We got to get her yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, everyone's got a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to yeah, get them yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you want to play like sisters with Lupita in Wagadu, yo, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm Life saying? Changing. Life changing. Like you come in as like you come in as these like twins. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that could be. Oh you know my what I mean? That could be fun. Goodness. That could be fun. Yes. Yeah, that could be real good. That could be real good. Um, well. Thank you so much for listening, everyone at home. Um, please go and check out Terry's stuff. And don't forget that you can follow us if you don't already at TB Halflings. You can also find us on our Patreon, uh, which is how we fund the show. And uh, there is a bunch of goodies on there for you, including loads of more Gardu content and bonus episodes. And you can suggest uh, a nickname. If you, and you would can like suggest to a suggest nickname. a nickname for me, you can suggest a nickname on the Patreon. Yeah, maybe. Oh, Terry, you should suggest a nickname. When we get off, you should select. select oh, I'm doing give, it. Uh, you should, yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you so much for listening. And so long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk.